mortified. Like, what did I do? Why did I do this? Those same kind of feelings that I had when I was starting out in development. And through that experience of modeling, especially in a different country where English was not the primary language, was learning to really, and I always say this because it's so true for, for my learning growth anyways, is learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Meaning I completely agree, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tiffany was amazing. I just wanted to stop on by here, introduce myself real quick. My name is Adrienne Nicole, your host of Your Too Pretty Podcast. And please make sure to hit the subscribe button. Follow me on a weekly basis, Instagram, IG. I will drop all those links below. Let's get started. I have an amazing guest here. She literally is like the epitome of you can do everything you want in your life. I want to go ahead and introduce you. Go ahead, Tiffany. Hey, thank you. That was a very, very nice introduction. And so thank you. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit about my background. I'm currently a full stack developer here in Toronto. Uh, but prior to that, I made quite a big career switch from initially uh, living over in Asia, specifically Hong Kong and Guangzhou, um, doing some modeling there. And when I realized that I wanted to come back to Canada and get a bit more education, kind of see what else is out there, I ended up moving to Toronto, where I studied at a university here. And it was in my, I guess it was my last year of university, there was like a very basic coding course required. It was HTML, CSS, like very, very basic. But I instantly fell in love with the idea of building different things and creating different things, solving different problems and seeing it come to life and all of those aspects. So from there, I had a lot of terrifying moments where I was like, well, what the heck am I doing? Am I really going to completely switch careers from fashion into technology? A lot of highs and lows to sum it up, but here we are now. So yeah. First of all, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know anything about coding. <laughs> Maybe besides like MySpace days, I don't know if you use MySpace, but maybe besides like MySpace days where I was like, I was just kind of fixing my profile and putting like my music on there. That was the best I could do in terms yes, of coding. I love I don't know. That. No, <laughs> so many told me that that was, you know, whether it was MySpace or what was the other one? Neopets is really popular or was really popular, I think. I might be saying that wrong, but anyways, another application similar to that. And that was kind of their first experience with coding, but legit mine was not until I was, and I started university later than, you know, what I say later is still wasn't that late, but I was 21 when I started university. And that was really the first time in my fourth year where I touched like code, any degree. So it was like a little bit prior to that. I didn't even really know, think about it or think of it as a career or have any awareness of it really. So I guess what was the first initial thought of you going into university as a coder I mean that was such a 180 switch for you it was it was it was terrifying there was a lot of times where even though I had amazing support system of my family and my friends and my boyfriend and you know the whole you know I felt very lucky to have that support system but 99% of the time I still felt very alone and just kind of constantly questioning what I was doing not necessarily the actual technical parts questioning, but more so questioning, am I making the right decision? And I think because too, as someone who had not been exposed to the tech industry to any degree, or even knew another developer, I didn't even know anyone else. It seems looking out from the outside in, you know, society, it's getting better now, but paint such a 
very interesting picture of what a developer would be doing, you know, sitting in their basement with their hoodie on and it's like 3 a.m. coding. And hey, I have, I have those days, those days. But I was like, is this something I want to get into? Is that really all there is to it? And then, you know, I was surprisingly, very, very happily surprised to find that there's this wonderful community within it. And uh, it's definitely not just that. So did you meet, after that, did you meet a lot of like female developers? It's, yeah, kind of. I'm still in that process, I guess you could say. So after I graduated university, and then I went to a coding bootcamp for three months, there was a mix of different individuals there that I, some of them I keep in touch with, some, you know, you lose touch. But I really tried, which initially ignited me to start uh, Tiffin Tech, was trying to reach out to other female developers. And I met some incredible, incredible ones for coffee. And, you know, some of my best friends have, my best friendships have built through that. But it's still something that currently where I work right now, I'm the only female developer on. Wow. And, and it's, it, that's interesting. You know, I love the people I work with and I work in an incredible company. So it's nothing to do with that. But there definitely are days or times where you're like, where are my girls at? Like, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, I completely understand. So when you were reaching out with these uh, other female developers, was it through Instagram? Because I know you've created such a huge community from your journey. It was through Instagram. It was prior to me starting the whole Tip and Tech Instagram. Like I was just, you know, using it for my personal day-to-day kind of thing. And I just kind of reached out to, there was one girl in Toronto in particular who uh, I reached out to because she, at the time she worked at a company really close to where I was doing the bootcamp. And I just was like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm really looking for other females in technology to meet with and just pick their brain. And through that, it was just kind of, I really recognized through that, that a lot of times if you just reach out to people, whether it's through Instagram or email, whatever yeah. it is, ask for a copy most of the time, like 90 something percent of the time, they'll say yes, they want to meet as well. And as long as it's convenient for them to some degree and all that, uh, and you can pick their brain. So I really learned through that experience to just start reaching out to people. I think that's a really awesome kind of tip for those who are still starting out or who are still really new in their careers that don't have that kind of same connection. So that's it. I feel like that was the best way for even for myself to, as a young engineer, kind of reach out to other female engineers. And from then on, it just it helped to build the, oh, you're not alone kind of thing, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Have you in the past used Instagram to reach out to other female engineers? I, it's funny because I didn't start doing that until I hit like this past year. Because I, I feel mm-hmm. like I was so afraid. And it also came down to the stigma you know what I mean? Like, there aren't that many females that go into this field. Mm -hmm. And the type of females that may do and I had this misconception was Mm -hmm. that they were very like rigid, very type A and I am I'm type A myself, but I think Mm -hmm. I'm like, I lean towards maybe type B a little bit. But right, it's one of those things that I thought people were very rigid and very competitive. And because you're female, and one of the only females, it's always going to be a competition. And I think I didn't start reaching out to females until Again, I felt more confident in myself as a female engineer in my first year as a professional. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. There is definitely that. I mean, and I I totally agree with you. There's that stereotype or stigma around because there are fewer females in, in these industries and it can make it competitive and it can make it bring out some of those negative things. 
but I'm happy too that your experience as well as well as mine when you do reach out to them a lot of times they're you're like amazing yes <laughs> you're like oh my it's amazing yeah and that's why I, it's so funny because even when I was starting this podcast I was so afraid that oh no one wants to do it it hasn't launched yet people aren't going to want to start something because it's so new mm-hmm. and I'm not kidding you I was so surprised to be able to have found out that you wanted to do it and so many other females who that's are awesome. well known like was wanting to share their knowledge and share their truth so thank you <laughs> yeah well, thank you I'm so I'm beyond excited for to listen to all of the episodes when you Yay. yeah it's gonna be amazing I think all right so I know that I've kind of like trailed off on the questions I sent you wow. but I was really interested in just kind of your journey on this so coming back to it so were there traits that you carried over from your modeling career to like as a developer? A thousand percent. And I find especially there was a lot of traits I carried over from modeling to developer, but especially when I was making that transition, one of the biggest things was when I was, I moved from Swift Current, Saskatchewan of 16,000 people where I grew up to Guangzhou was my first stop in China, which is, I don't even know the population, but very, very obviously Mandarin is the main language there. And I just remember landing in Guangzhou when I was just turned 19 and absolutely terrified. Like, what did I do? Why did I do this? Those same kind of feelings that I had when I was starting out in development. And through that experience of modeling, especially in a different country where English was not the primary language was learning to really, and I always say this because it's so true for, for my learning growth anyways, is learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Meaning I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. That there's going to be a lot of different situations that in order to grow, you're going to have to be uncomfortable and trying to recognize that that feeling is not trying to fight that feeling being like, you know what, this is awkward. I feel a bit strange, but I know I'm going to get through this and be stronger on the other side or learn more through this. So a lot of that learning to be uncomfortable, I definitely took over to the development side as well when I was learning it. Especially, you know, when you're learning something new for the first time, uh, I remember my boot camp being like so many times being like, oh my goodness, you know, am I even thinking things such as, which seems so silly now, but am I smart enough? Am I capable of this? What happens if I fail? And all those feelings to me, extremely uncomfortable. So really trying to recognize that just got to power through sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think maybe this is something that we kind of like connect on. So from my side of things, when I was finishing college, I was also going into pageantry and I was competing in pageants. Mm-hmm. And I had those same feelings in pageants and mm-hmm. also those same feelings going and finishing my engineering degree. Yeah, And it was weird because in pageantry, a lot of it is as much as it is based on on your interview skills and just your presence in general. Again, it is a pageant and a lot of it is based off of your like physical appearance. It was a weird transition, I guess, going from like them feeling like you're not enough in your physical appearance, but then in your engineering side, it's you're not enough in your intellectual side. So how, right? I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Oh my goodness. Yes, you, that's, that's really well put. I have felt that way a lot, especially during that transition. And it was, it was kind of unexpected because I I didn't really recognize how much uh, thought or 
you know, I mean, it sounds funny, but when you're in, you know, whether it's pageantry or doing modeling or things like that, because you're in it, you can't see from the outside, obviously looking in how much focus to a certain degree is actually put on your appearance. So then when you step out of that and into something else and realize, oh, this actually, this side doesn't actually even matter really. And it's a whole other focus on your skill set and your learning ability and all of that. It's a huge shift. It's a very big shift for a while. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like one of those things that it was just a weird transition to go through that. But then also as to why I felt like this podcast had to exist, just Mm -hmm. because there were other times where it was like, oh, you're like, you're too pretty to do this. Like, oh, you shouldn't be like, like, right. And in in the beginning, it's funny, because I thought like, oh, that was that's such a nice compliment of you for like, I'm pretty. But then I then I start to realize like, wait, like you're putting more value into me being pretty than me, like putting in effort or put it my work ethic. And I don't know if that was something that you also had felt going into the tech industry. A thousand percent. And even, you know, exactly your words, like you're too pretty. I've received those as well when I was telling people that I was making that transition. Things like, well, why would you want to sit behind a computer all day? You should be doing something that's at the forefront where, you know, you can be seen and da da da, like all based around appearance, really. And the comments that these were coming from were obviously not my family or my close friends or anything like that, but they were still people who I was good acquaintances with, like kind of almost shocking. And it really, for a while, and it still does, it made me realize how it highlighted for me how much still in 20, almost 2020, people put on appearance. And it actually, as a young female, it scares me to see other young females coming, growing up. And I'm just trying to be like, no, like, use your brain, you know, appearance is great and all that, but it will come and go. There are lots of beautiful women out there, but try and do something, you know, try and build something past that. Exactly, exactly. Because I feel like, when you go through that kind of process of realizing like, well, yes, I could put on makeup and do my eyebrows and all that stuff. And I always think of it this way, like that only takes me, I'm, I'm horrible. And I, 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 so as a background, I'm always out in the construction sites. Okay, so yeah. there's no, and I realized that putting on, and this is completely technical, I think. I've yeah. realized putting on foundation, dirt sticks to foundation a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> this is like I don't know if anybody else will will kind of I guess feel that way but foundation is not good when you're in the dirt all the time because it no. just sticks to it so yeah. I try not to wear foundation because it practically I can't yeah. but it's so anyway so that only takes me about like 10-15 minutes of my day and then the other I don't know how many minutes there are in a day I'm so sorry <laughs> um at the top of my head at least the rest of the time you're kind of like using your skill set using your work you're in yeah. work you're at work eight hours a day yes so how come people aren't highlighting that instead of you know what I mean the first yeah. thing off the bat is is your looks yes I know it's very interesting and it took me a little bit by surprise how many people even subconsciously still put so much right uh, focus on that, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah. And I know it doesn't necessarily that phrase it doesn't necessarily come from a bad place. I never think of it as coming from a bad place. Yes. No. And that's that also too is very interesting, because they're coming from a loving place. But a lot of times, how come we as a society think that that's okay, you know, I don't know, it's very interesting. Yeah, and that is the conversation I'm trying to start. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> you talk a lot about imposter syndrome and I honestly the moment I saw that you had created that video about imposter syndrome, yeah. like I gave you a follow so fast. I was like, oh my God, because nobody speaks of it. Nobody talks about imposter syndrome or yeah. what it is. And even when I kind of mentioned it to my own followership, 99% of the question was what is imposter syndrome? So yeah. what for you, like what was the first time you felt imposter syndrome? And I know you talked about it in your videos, but what, is, what are the couple things that you do to kind of combat it? Mm-hmm. So I think the first time I felt imposter syndrome going into development was definitely at my boot camp. When I was there, I often found that if I had questions, I would never ask them. Or if I was stuck on something, I wouldn't ask for help. I was always too scared or too nervous that they would that they would find out that I'm, for lack of better words, exactly what it is, an imposter. I, I thought like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? Okay, maybe if I don't ask any questions, no one will know. I'll just be quiet in the background. Literally for three months, I spent the majority of my boot camp on my lunch hour crying in the bathroom, being like, can I come back tomorrow? Should I come back tomorrow? I don't know. Like, it was just so, it was so real, the imposter syndrome. And for the first part of the boot camp, I didn't even, I guess, really recognize that it was imposter syndrome because no one's told me. It's it's funny how it's starting to be talked about more, but still not a lot of people, as you mentioned, are talking about it. And so I started talking to, I think, one of the teachers there, and they're like, I think you're experiencing some imposter syndrome. So that was definitely the first time I experienced it. And I still experience it on a very frequent basis as someone who is trying to continually learn and up my skills and, you know, even my job doing something that I haven't usually done before. There's, there's so many times throughout my life where I feel it. And now that I've learned how to recognize imposter syndrome when I'm feeling like questioning my capabilities or coming into negative thoughts in my head, such as like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you're not good enough. And really taking a step back and recognizing that it just is imposter syndrome and learning to spin that in a way where I'm feeling this way because why am I feeling this way? And a lot of times that is because you're growing and you're doing things once again that are uncomfortable. So yeah, I think taking a step back and really recognizing why you're feeling those things and that 99% of the time, it isn't actually you. Hey, I mean, there are some times where I feel imposter syndrome and it is because I suck at what I'm doing and that's totally fine. <laughs> not saying every time I feel it, it's shit qualified, but a lot of times it is just in your head. So you said something in your video that I remember so specifically, and I wrote it down as that you kind of take a step back and you look to see how far you've come and recognize that a year ago, you know, a year ago, you were kind of not in that same place you are now and recognizing that journey that took you to be there. Mm. Um, and it's kind of those things that you're shocked. Like I was shocked, you know, um, fin- mm-hmm. obviously finishing four years of college, do- doing my master's program at my dream school. So recognizing that these steps are feeling uncomfortable, right? And feeling this is imposter syndrome is just part of the journey to be able to like push forward. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it is so many times too, whether it's imposter syndrome or even just being as someone who is always, you know, likes to go, go, go and think ahead to the future. A lot of times I find myself as well, aside from imposter syndrome, feeling like, oh, I should be doing more or why am I not doing enough? And those thoughts can be very unhealthy as well. And taking that same mentality of taking a step back and looking at how far you have come, whether it's 
a year, six months and be like, wow, okay, you know what? Like things take time to grow and they don't happen overnight as well. And, and kind of carrying that same mentality into that, that area as well. Right. Yeah. I did want to bring up that specifically on your Instagram, I realized that a lot of the videos or a lot of the things that you talk about, it's all about mindset, like mindset shifts and not necessarily you do dive into the tech world. And you, I like that you kind of post on your stories about just things that are changing in the tech world. Like I'm not very much a part of that. So it's crazy to be able to see a little bit of a, like a, a scope into your world. So yeah. what made you realize that you wanted to focus on more mindset shifts mm-hmm. than the technical field? Because you do focus yeah. on that one, but it's, I feel like more so on the technical or on the mindset of going into the technical field. Yes. No, you're totally right. So when I started Tip and Tech about a year, it was last August, so a year and a half ago. The reason I started it was because I was in a place where I was always learning, like really ramping up on learning through online courses. And every single online course that I would listen to was taught by a man. And I was like, you know what? It'd be interesting. Like, I wonder why there's no, not more females in this space. Like, why is no one teaching different coding skills uh, specifically that are women? Like, there's women out there who do this. Why are they not putting themselves out there? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start by making coding tutorials. That's how this whole kind of thing started out. Mm-hmm. So my first few videos were actually coding tutorials. So it was one like making a React to do app or different things like that, where I'd record my screen and my voice and do a little introduction. And that was the video. And that's what I wanted initially it to go that direction, making coding tutorials. Then I hit two barriers very quickly. One, making good coding tutorials takes a lot, a lot, a lot of time. If you make a spelling error or a mistake in your code and you have to go back and fix it. And it's like a whole thing. It was very, very time consuming. And I realized that if I wanted to produce a lot of content, it would not, I would not be, I was blockade by how fast I could do that. So then I was also at the same time getting a lot of questions, more general questions around like, how did you make the switch into tech? I'm looking to get into it, but I'm scared or different things like that. I thought, why not start making videos more around answering people's questions like that? than the technical ones, which I would love to continue to do, but it's once again, so time consuming that uh, even to produce one that I kind of started going shifting into that way. And from there, I started kind of generalizing a bit more because, you know, reaching a wider and larger audience, generalizing, but keeping it specific as far as different mindset, motivation, all of that kind of under the umbrella, because whether it really is, whether it's from like myself, modeling to development or like yourself uh, from pageantry to civil engineering, whatever the case may be, we all go through very similar doing a career switch or getting into these different roles, technical roles. A lot of the same underlying mindset is still needed. And I wanted to start, I guess, highlighting that. Honestly, like, I think that's really amazing. And I wrote, I remember it's, it's one of those things that you people don't just go into it with their feet running, right? Yes. Right. Is that, yeah. that, that's the, is that the phrase I'm thinking of? <laughs> um, but people don't yeah. go in there just full on running. They, they want to dip their toes. They kind of want to like get a feel of it. And I think the best way to do that is taking it lightheartedly, mm-hmm. making it like personable and authentic to where it makes sense for people to do. And I think that's yeah. what, that's exactly what you do. You, you make it seem like it's like doable and that, anyone can be a developer. 
Oh, thank you. Well, that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's this weird thing when people aren't in the industry. They look in and they they think like, wow, these people are, or I did anyways. Like, wow, they must work all the time, or they're so smart, or X, Y, and Z, right? And in reality, it's it's definitely not like that. Like anyone can do it. They just have to take the time and learn. And they can do it through self learning. They can do it through a boot camp. They can do it through computer science. Whatever you want, you know, different realms of that. But it's you can do it basically. No, I I, like, I completely agree, and I think even even when I was going into into my own field of engineering, my mom was kind of trying to tell me, "Don't go into it, just because you're just gonna be in a computer all day and uh, yeah. doing AutoCAD, which is uh, another software a lot of engineers use." Yeah, and she said, Don't, "You're just gonna be sitting in a computer all day and do nothing," and that's yeah. completely not the case. I've learned yes. that you have yeah. to be collaborative you have to be a great speaker you have to be a great communicator just because a thousand percent it's a team effort right yeah exactly exactly yeah and there's so much of that that stereotype though that it is just like sitting at the computer when it's so far from the truth exactly I know that you just created your first ebook a couple was it has it been a month or like a couple weeks ago yes I think it's been three weeks November 20th (laughs) <laughs> All right. So how was that process like for you? And like, why did you want to create this ebook? So the process was, it was in the making for a long time, quite a few months. Um, and it really came from the reason behind it was I was getting asked so many of the same type of questions over and over again. And I felt myself literally answering, you know, five people in one day, the same question. I was like, wouldn't it be great if there was a repository with all this information that seems to be people are seeking that I can just put it all into one, one place. So hence the the ebook. And then the other side of things was, as I mentioned, when I was going through getting into coding and doing the career switch, even though, once again, even though I had the most amazing support system, I often felt very alone and I wish I would have had something like kind of a best friend handbook thing that I could reference all the time, recognizing that, Hey, what I'm going through is totally normal. Answering different questions I have about, what path to take, whether it's should I do self-learning, computer science, uh, boot camp, different things like that. So I thought, why not make make an ebook that kind of is a path to getting started into coding and for anyone who's who's going through that. That's amazing. I know, um, so I've only, I only read the purpose because you posted it on Instagram and I thought that yes. was crazy. So do, is this tailored to new students or is it tailored to mostly female students? It's tailored to new students, male, female, anyone, but I find mostly, I would say mostly female students that seem to be gravitating towards it, which is amazing, but it's more so different questions that I'm answering to help navigate through the path of new students learning how how to code. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I know I'm not like a coder, but I definitely will end up buying your ebook <laughs> just because I want to know what's in, know what's inside <laughs> of it. <laughs> it was right. so fun. It was good. It was I for the ebook I brought on one of my girlfriends who is an English major and she because I my style of writing is basically just like throwing everything on the page and she was like, no, this is not okay. <laughs> it was easy to edit it thoroughly, thoroughly and then as well photographer that I work with I brought her on to take some really beautiful photos of a lot of them are of the computer and the code and like coffee and just like the desk on its own there's like a few with me in it but it's mostly just of the the desk setup and I just wanted to create a really 
beautiful book as well, I guess. Not like a, because sometimes the books can be very stale or especially in this, on these topics. So I wanted to make it very inviting. That's amazing. I think that's the whole reason as to why your platform is what it is, is because it is very inviting and authentic and like people can relate to your journey. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's been fun. So you also, I know you also created your company Tiffin from your first, your t-shirts and what is it like? Are you allowed to kind of give us like the 411 on your next steps of your company? Yeah, no, definitely. So the t-shirts launched in this year, August, and a big portion of the sales went to sending different people back to continue to learn through Udemy. So we've sent seven or eight, I'll have to check the numbers, but I think it's seven people up to date uh, in the last August, September, October, November, last five, four months to continuing to learn. So we've had people, we've purchased for people, data science courses, web development courses, kind of anything in, in that area up to 400 US dollars a course, and they can go through these courses and hopefully be inspired to continue to, to learn. So that was really the main purpose behind the t-shirts was to give back to the community and really encourage people to continue to learn. It's kind of a funny story. So when I started my Instagram, as, as you know, it's Tiff in tech, but a lot of people thought it was Tiff in tech. Like they thought my name was Tiffin. And I was so upset at first. I was like, <laughs> like, Paul, this is horrible. People think my name's Tiffin. Like, oh my goodness, I need to change it. And he's like, no, why don't you play with that? You know, it's kind of fun. It's, it's different. So then hence why the company I started is named Tiffin from, from that kind of uh, funny story. But um, yeah, so t-shirts, ebook, this coming 2020, I've actually hired on a videographer. So I'm really hoping to dive more into the YouTube space and kind of navigate that a bit more, maybe bring on some wonderful women in STEM fields and do some interviews for YouTube or different things like that. Um, and continue to grow the e-commerce site as well, which has been really exciting and lots of learning things through that. Yeah, I think it's so crazy because when I first read your Tiffin, or I guess the Tiffin tech, I did read it as Tiffin yes, as well. Yeah, so many people do. So, I, And at first I was so upset by that, but I was like, you know, <laughs> like, let's just have fun with this and play with it. So it turned out to be a good thing, but... <laughs> I know you mentioned that you had helped out like seven or eight people and, mm. and put it kind of like put their foot in the door in the yes. developing side. Do you guys have like, how does that actually kind of work? Is it like a scholarship or do you guys pick and choose who you guys want to help out? Mm -hmm. So how we do it is I think once we haven't done one this month, but what we'll do is uh, post on Instagram, a photo of usually that like the t-shirts and say it's like a contest so anyone who wants to enter can enter like comment and also put what course they're interested in and then we'll use like a generator to go through after a week to go through all the names and one will be selected usually we end up picking two because we're excited and we're like oh my goodness there's so much comments let's just do another one and then from there i'll just dm them and say hey like you won blah 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 what course are you interested in so they'll send me the course that they want to take we always use udemy as the platform through Udemy. And then when they send me the course, Udemy has like a gifting feature to it. So I can go in, purchase the course and send it to, to their email. And then from there they can continue learning. So it's been cool. It's been really great way as well to connect with different people from the community. 
the last girl I gifted a course to, it was really good timing. She's in New York doing a boot camp and getting a Udemy course to kind of complement that really worked out well for her. So and getting to hear different people's stories through that's been really cool too. That's freaking amazing. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> my first question is why did you want to start off with wanting to help other people code? Was it just your own journey or because you felt like there was a lack of coders and developers out there? It was more my own coding journey. And I think too, just trying to really break, you know, as we talked about those stereotypes down that as well too, you don't have to look or act a certain way to be in these fields, but also too, you can have, I'm trying as well to highlight that you can have other interests outside of coding. So I find, I don't know what it's like for you, but for developers, I often find that a lot of times it's like they think, especially when they're starting out, that they have to like eat, sleep, code, and that's all you can do. When in reality, you have to have a lot of different soft skills as well if you want to continue to grow and continue to succeed. And I wanted to highlight that, that there's more to it than actually just the, the coding part. And, and yeah, it was really, I really, it was mainly stemmed out of my own journey through, through learning how to code. It's so true. It's not enough to just be this amazingly smart and intellectual person, mm. but you also have to be able to communicate your, I don't want to say smartness, but that's like the first word I was coming out of my mouth, but smartness and communicate that to other people as well. Yes. And I think what's so great is that Instagram and just social media in general has been such a powerful catalyst mm-hmm. to the amount of information we're able to share now. Yes, exactly. It is. And it's, it's so true because I, I'm sure any field you come across this, but I've come across so many developers who are brilliant at what they do. And, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and they have that down pat, but in turn, sometimes they use almost that as an excuse to not develop other skills where they're like, well, I'm really good at this. So I don't need to talk to anyone else or like, I'm kind of too cool for school kind of thing. And I can see that hindering their growth because they they have that mindset so trying to shift that all right so I know the last question I wrote was what's one piece of advice but I kind of I I literally love the amount of advice and mindset that you've given so if you don't have just one you can give me a couple (laughs) I guess what is a couple pieces of advice (laughs) for those who want to transition from the modeling world to the tech world or just I guess transitioning into the tech world in general my biggest piece of advice would be to be your own biggest cheerleader. I often find that if you don't fully believe in yourself, it's going to be hard for others to. So, and there's definitely going to be days where you don't believe in yourself or you're questioning what you're doing, but constantly giving yourself positive uh, affirmations or positive thinking and really uh, telling yourself that you can do it even on days where you don't think you can will translate into you actually doing it. And yeah, just believing in yourself, I would say. I think that's a really awesome thing to have. You have said that the, your biggest cheerleader, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember going to this like mastermind summit a couple, like I want to say about a month ago. Yeah. And there was this, her, I can't remember her last name. Oh, it was, uh, her name is Lauren Trillin. Okay. And she kind of mentions this kind of, the, that other people basically see this version of you right now, right? This version <laughs> of you, that's an old version of you that people don't necessarily see the new version, which you're trying to acquire, right? I don't know if that makes any sense. No, but I like, you're, yeah. right, I don't know if that makes any sense, right? 
yeah. um, where you see yourself as this new version of yourself as a coder or let's say as an engineer mm -hmm. and you know that you are going to be there in the future yeah so then she talks about well now you're at this point where you have to kind of reverse engineer it I, which I loved that she said that where you kind of have to reverse engineer it and go from your old version, your new future version, and figure out how you can get there from your old version. Yeah. But the okay. thing is, right? But the thing is that that people around you will only see the old version of you and will try to keep you there or will try to tell you like, well, this is who you are right now. And you, I don't yes. know if that makes any yes. sense, <laughs> but I was That's mind blown by really it. Yes. And even too, on that note, I think people try and keep you where you are right now, as you mentioned too, because people are afraid of change. And even if it doesn't directly impact them, I think it's a natural for many people thing to be afraid of change. So when you're changing and growing, people can kind of be like, no, 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 just, just stay where you are. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think it never, I, I feel like it's, it's one of those things that it never comes from a bad place. No. It always comes from a place of being protective or trying to keep things comfortable, right? And here we are trying to make things very uncomfortable. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if there's any other pieces of advice that you can, that stands out to you or, or that you want to give out besides uh, people buying your ebook, because I feel like there was just so much information on there that others can learn from. Yes. Go check out my ebook. It's at tipintech.co and yeah, go check it out. It has a lot of amazing advice in there to kind of help you navigate through. So Tiffin is spelled T-I-F-F-I-N and then T-E-C-H, Tiffin Tech. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Tiffany from Tiffin Tech. I want you guys to hear more. Let me know what you guys thought about it. Um, she was just an amazing speaker overall and has such a profound life story that it was just something that I wanted to share with others. So go ahead and make sure to DM me on Instagram, whether that's on my personal account at Adria Nicole with two E's at the end or um, my podcast Instagram, which is You're Too Pretty. So until next week, I'll see you guys soon.